Onyx is my favorite thing ever. He's this like self-generated best friend that I always have to make myself <laughs> laugh. The way I relate to comedy is that I don't see it as comedy. For me, for Onyx, it's an overcommitment emotionally to something absurd. As a filmmaker, as an indie filmmaker, you're really on your own, right? Like, what other yeah. choice do you have other than trying to scrape together some money to, to make something from scratch yourself? Do you think as you do more comedic stuff, there gets this itch that's like, hey, I really want to do a very serious character? It bothers me when people are bummed because it's kind of like, oh, he's a real guy with aspirations and wants to write and direct comedy. <laughs> Get out of here. I wanted you to just be a freak on the internet for my amusement. Hey, welcome to the Create Unknown, the home of Make Something Mean Something. I am Kevin Lieber. With me, as always, is Matthew Tabor, along with so many of our patrons, our dumpster crew, our $2 tots, our infantry. We got a new dumpster crew member like three minutes ago. Uh, so thank yeah, you so did. much for that. Uh, our baby gang, there our infantry. Uh, thank you so much to everyone supporting the show week after week. We really, 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 really do appreciate it because uh it helps us continue to have these great conversations with amazing creators like our guest today right matt uh yes and as we've done a few times thanks again to electro voice we're still rocking the re20s um and kevin you've been using them on vsauce too haven't you i have i have it has been making yeah. a visual appearance on vsauce too and um that's right yeah, nothing but positive feedback on all of it, on the new videos. Everything is uh, is going really well. And the, having the new mic has actually kind of helped me develop the, the idea of the new format because before I've only used mm. shotgun mics right. and those really aren't great for this style of kind of more vloggy videos that I'm doing now. So, yeah. yeah. Um, well, this was my really test a big win. to see if... Uh, this is my test to see if Electro Voice listens to every episode of the podcast because they don't know that you've been using it on Vsauce too. I didn't tell them. I didn't. I didn't shoot them an email and just be like, "Hey, you know, by the way, uh, this has worked out really well, and and Kevin's loving it, and on his you know, real job channel, and this and that." Uh, so they don't know. And so now I'm waiting to to see if they hear this and then shoot me a message. <laughs> so perfect. It's me throwing down the gauntlet to Electro Voice, but yeah, they've been excellent. Um, yeah, so we we talk to a lot of different people on the Create Unknown range of people. We just talked to Food for Dogs, uh, which was one of the most unique stories. Well, the most unique story that we've ever heard on on uh, the Create Unknown. But uh, uh, we've been talking lately about characters on YouTube, and the list of legendary YouTube characters ranges from Miranda Sings to the Angry Video Game Nerd, but the fedora lurking in the shadows who regales viewers with 
Lovecraftian jargon delivered at a micro-machines man pace is Andrew Bowser's Onyx the Fortuitous. Andrew's most popular YouTube videos are him inserting himself as a witness into uh, real news stories as a, as a verbose oddball. Uh, but his horror and fantasy-obsessed Onyx the Fortuitous it has also infiltrated unsuspecting convention-goers with rapid-fire nerd lore monologues that plumb the depths of the fandom rabbit hole. But it's not all guerrilla comedy and YouTube. Andrew's IMDb page shows that he's a legit writer, actor, and director. He's worked with people like Dan Harmon and uh, even recent create unknown guest Nathan Barnett. Uh, five years ago, iDubs left a comment on one of Andrew's uh, YouTube videos saying, someone hire this man. Uh, as of today, 3,745 people have done exactly that by supporting his Kickstarter to fund a feature-length Onyx the Fortuitous film that also needs your help. The Create Unknown and Jake of Vsauce 3 have already made pledges, and we hope to see this project fully funded and brought to life. We'll get to the details about why we're excited for it, and Andrew can tell us all about uh, the, the vision and where it's at. Yeah, but first, Andrew, Onyx is famous for saying, I don't know, very, very quickly. Is, is there anything that Onyx does know? <laughs> you know, I don't think there is. I think the the catchphrase of I don't know was created uh, first, actually. That was the first bit of the character that I came up with. <laughs> and And in my head, it was going to be something he said, even if he had a statement ready that was that he was very certain of. So even if somebody said, "Well, what's your favorite horror film?" he'd say, uh, "Pumpkinhead." I don't know. It's just a backpedaling, <laughs> like an insecurity that's it's just lodged in his his DNA. So even if he knows something, he wouldn't present it as such. Um, and the I don't know was actually what gave birth to the rest of the character. Oddly enough, did you know? Uh, you know no pun intended. Somebody who did that really quick, I don't know, or did you just make that up? Because I feel like that's a thing where you're like, yeah, this guy that I was in gym class with in sixth grade always did this, and totally. I kind of pulled it from that. I, I didn't base it on anyone, but what's weird is I had done other characters in the past and even still come up with characters, and they are based on uh, friends of mine, maybe that have certain vocal tics, or a lot of us have those those kind of crutch phrases that we go to when we're trying to think of the next thought. And I definitely will pull from other people's mannerisms, but the I don't know wasn't based on anyone. There are other jokes in the Onyx videos that are and stories that he tells that might be something that happened to a friend of mine or that happened to me. But the I don't know just popped into my head and I really don't. It's it's almost like a not this is an overstatement, but it's like Doc Brown getting the vision for the flux capacitor. I think <laughs> I must have fallen. I, I do remember I was in the bathroom and I I was looking in the mirror and I looked in the mirror and just said, I don't know. And thought, <laughs> oh, that's funny <laughs> to myself. Um, but it wasn't based on a, it wasn't based on a particular person. <laughs> it's so weirdly memorable because I, I do remember seeing you do this character years ago and for whatever reason yeah. that little tick just kind of sticks with you it's like um it's like that episode of <laughs> seinfeld where uh george starts saying his name as a jingle so that people will remember yeah. it he goes costanza right it, it's kind of like that it's like <laughs> it's yeah. like a little costanza sort of jingle i don't know 
and it, it just like gets embedded in the marrow of your bones. <laughs> yeah, and and what's funny is there's certain things. Um, I guess I knew it would be a catchphrase in the sense that I I included it in the original video. He says it a number of times, mm -hmm. but then I would write another sketch. And a buddy of mine would read it and he'd say, well, you don't have him saying, I don't know. And I was like, well, yeah, he, he, maybe he doesn't say it all the time. I didn't even realize, no, that now has to be a staple of the character. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, and I had tried to have all these rules in the beginning that, well, he wouldn't necessarily say that if he didn't feel a certain amount of pressure, like I'm being caught on camera, I'm on the news or I'm at a convention. But if Onyx is vlogging from his garage, he might not say, I don't know, because that might be a nervous tick. Uh, but then I realized, I think I got to let some of that actory stuff go and just say he's the I don't know guy. So he better say, I don't know. <laughs> when you first set it in the mirror, set it to yourself, was it as fast as it is now? Or is it something that like got a little bit faster as you worked on it? Did it evolve? It evolved. I look at some of the original Onyx videos, the ones that first kind of popped off and they were like weird gamer guy and weird Satanist guy. And I don't even feel like he speaks fast enough to be the character in my eyes. I've gotten to a point now where I'm like, well, that's not canon because he's speaking too <laughs> slow. And, and then I get messages from people that say, you know, he talks too fast now. It's not believable. And in my head, what he is now is always what is going to be the most important iteration of him. Whatever I've discovered about the character personally over the years is what's the most authentic representation of him whereas there's fans that are like yeah i think you should go back to dialing him down a bit and i just i can't at this point there's no way i could go into recording an onyx video and not have it at an 11 so the mm -hmm. i don't know got faster all of his mannerisms in the first weird gamer guy video i mean he looks nervous but he's not as jacked up as he is now <laughs> i look at i look at my face and i think i'm a little too relaxed he needed to have his eyes darting even more he needed to be even more deer in the headlights but mm -hmm. it was an evolution it was just like an evolution that happened outwardly because they it happened by making the videos mm -hmm. i think once you get into a level of having this squirrely over caffeinated charm i don't see how you how you dial that back at all like <laughs> yeah you know it's like when uh uh, like Metallica did like their first ballads and everybody's like, what are you doing? You're Metallica. Right. <laughs> and I think anytime you, you sit in something, I, I, I can't think of any immediate examples, but I'm sure anybody that's like sat and done a character, they kind of become, and this isn't to be reductive, the character, it kind of settles into its creases over the years and it almost becomes, um, I don't want to say a Xerox of its of, of its original self, because I think it actually comes into more focus for me. Mm -hmm. But yes, you are going to like lean into those areas that for you kind of help prime. Like before I do a, a, an Onyx video, there's a couple things I say. And um, and when the more you say those things, the quicker they get. And then the quicker you get through them, the more primed you are. You're going to launch like at a faster speed than when you were first trying to figure it out. Um and now, yeah, the I don't know almost gets like buried. It gets like sucked up. It's almost like it doesn't exist. There's some people that have commented like, I can't even tell you're saying I don't know anymore. It sounds like <laughs> Yoshi's tongue. Um, but, you know, any character, I mean, Pee Wee or whatever, you just kind of settle into it and it, it really crystallizes. And so it's going to be quicker. You're going to do the bits a lot faster. You're going to know the beats to hit a lot sooner. It all becomes a little more formed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like that muscle memory about idea. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so 
there's like a procedural question that I've got here because it's something that one of the fir- one of the first things that I noticed Kevin being very good at when when we were in in person for a shoot or something, you know, because we worked remotely forever and like I didn't actually see the process up close, mm-hmm. but there's an energy that that you have to have uh, with anything on camera, right? And it, like I noticed this even when I record an ad for the podcast, like it, it was really hard for me because I have no background in acting, audio stuff. Like this is just not something I've ever done. And you know, you you hit record and say something, and if you're not in kind of that right energy, it's going to sound terrible, right? Well, Kevin snaps into it. Uh, like every time we work with somebody, they say something about this, that like, oh my God, he's a pro. He's incredible. Right. It's like flipping a switch. Yeah. <laughs> but that's normal stuff. He's not, he's not Onyx energy. Right? So, so my right. question is, is like, how do you snap into Onyx? And what if you're not really feeling it? Like, can you be Onyx if you're not in that mindset that day? There was a time where it was harder to to flip it on. And I think it that actually ties into the launch of this Kickstarter. What was happening was I was getting I'm Onyx is my favorite thing ever. He's my favorite thing. He's this thing that makes me laugh probably more than anyone else. He's this like self-generated best friend that I always have to make myself <laughs> laugh. I and I'm very unabashed about the fact that he exists to make me laugh first and foremost. And and so I've never tired of him and I've never had a hard time getting into him, but it used to take longer and I used to be more overwhelmed at the thought of well, what, what is this for? Because I am, I thought, first and foremost, a filmmaker. And I love performing and I grew up performing. But when it got to the point where it didn't feel like there was a way forward as a director that involved Onyx, meaning I had a web series canceled with Onyx that I thought would lead to a, lead to a TV project. And then I had a separate Onyx TV pilot not go forward. And once it was like, well, okay, you know, I'm a director. I'd love to marry my passions as a director with my passions for performing Onyx, but it doesn't really feel like there's a way forward. When I got to that decision, I still did Onyx content. And I feel like you can watch some of those videos and there's a little less life in my eyes. I just, I just would shoot like vlogs in my office or I would, um, I did a couple of the news videos, but I didn't even have the energy to memorize them in full. So I maybe made them shorter or I released them in like small bits, but I did start to lose steam. And then it sounds a little cheesy, but getting on TikTok like revitalized mm. my my not my interest in the character, but my interest in engaging with him at the level that I used to or that I wanted to, because all of a sudden on TikTok, because YouTube just wasn't working. I don't think I nurtured my YouTube audience uh, to the level that you need to to have a, a consistent YouTube fan base show up. It would be spotty, and I I disappear to go do jobs, or I had a full you know I. Oh, I have always had a full-time job throughout all of this as like a producer for different digital entities. So to make Onyx work, I either needed to do him for those digital companies I was working for, or they had it had to be in, in the in-between moments. And that got really difficult. So my YouTube channel never really thrived the way I, I, I knew it could if I only focused on it. Uh, but I just, I couldn't with the other jobs I had. So... When I went to TikTok, all of a sudden there was this audience that was like really primed and ready for Onyx. And they remember him from seven years ago. And they're like, oh my God, you're the anime guy. No, no, he's the hentai guy. No, he's the Satanist. No, he's the this, the that. He's the sinkhole guy. And I realized, 
oh, they kind of just know him as this internet specter, this like phantom on the internet. And I no longer had the pressure of, will this next video do well? Is he still valid in a comedic sense to any of my YouTube followers? Because you get comments like, the videos aren't funny anymore, dude. Or like, that last one bombed. You should hang it up. But on TikTok, they were just excited to find him because I don't think they ever knew he was a character or ever knew I had a YouTube channel. So doing the TikTok for about a year really, and it also made me do the character as if he was running the TikTok. So I had to, I had fun with it being his world. And, and I also just on a tech side, like I like learning the language of a new app and kind of getting the rhythm of that down. And, and then I realized, okay, well, there is an idea. It's not that the TikTok, TikTok audience made me think I need to make a feature, but it like re-engaged me with the character where all of a sudden I didn't have, it didn't feel burdensome to come up with Onyx ideas if there was like this freedom around it. Because I thought, yeah, maybe really people just like him. He's funny and people like him. And I came up with the idea for the feature. And then, and then all of a sudden it was like, you know, the, it melded those two interests. To answer your original question though, now there is no uh, time to flip it on and off. Like it's on. I could do Onyx at any point. I mean, last, especially running this Kickstarter, I've put up so much content mm-hmm. Uh, throughout the Kickstarter campaign that I told myself early, I was like, there's not going to be any day where you can say, I don't feel like putting on the vest and tie and goggles. You know, (laughs) if you've told you, I've got a production schedule here that I made for myself. And I'm like, if you, if it's Wednesday night, you told yourself you're putting up a video tomorrow of Onyx reacting to a book of anime MILFs, like you've got (laughs) to sit down at night. I don't, I don't care if it's midnight, you're sitting down and doing that video. And I do it. I mean, last night I sat here midnight flipped on my lights and just once I put the outfit on it's like I'm in it I just have to go and sometimes a lot of unexpected energy comes from kind of pushing yourself past that barrier um like I'd already fallen asleep last night and I and I made myself get up and come down here and do these videos and a lot of weird stuff came out Uh, you know is it funny I don't know but I've, I've kind of throughout this Kickstarter pushed myself past the place of exhaustion. And now I can make Onyx content like in the in the sleep, in the dream realm, it seems. Um, and yes, there's no time taken for warming up or anything. It's like if, if you know, I just I just pick up a puppet or this action figure of Leatherface and just start talking about it. And Onyx can just go as soon as I tell him to. Yeah, that's amazing. It's that concept reminds me of, of, of runner's high. Isn't that what that is? Where you push yourself past the limit runners do <laughs> of like exhaustion to the point where you're not even tired anymore and you're just, you just keep going. Yeah, That's exactly what it feels like because about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, I wasn't at that place. I was actually thinking, how can I get through this Kickstarter and keep up this pace? And I don't know what it was, but I just, I broke through to this other level where I don't even... I think it's, yeah, it is that runner's high because you're not even let yourself, the exhaustion now is like, that's base level. So instead of feeling it as if it's this thing bringing you down or this thing that's threatening you, you know, it's going to keep, it's going to make you go to sleep. uh, It's going to make you uh, give up on finishing these, these videos. You don't even relate to it that way. You just go into every day. You have that and you know, yeah, totally. But I still have to make three videos today and I should do two TikToks and do an Instagram live and a YouTube live. And then tonight we're going to watch the Elvira movie on Twitch as Onyx. It's just like, yeah, it's just there. It's fact, it's factored in now. It's awesome. Yeah. And I love that TikTok was, was responsible for that re-energy, re-energizing because yeah. 
the the YouTube burnout thing is very real, and and and, and I, you know we've we've talked to a lot of people who have found energy on TikTok TikTok just being on a, a yeah, different platform yeah. with a different format. It's a lot faster. You have to rethink how to engage people within the first second, totally, uh, rather than trying to oh how can I stretch this to ten minutes so I can put a mid roll in. Uh, the mindset <laughs> is completely different right. and the discovery is completely different. You know, yeah. I was talking to some uh, manager or brand deal, some, some, some suit, you know, one of those corporate yeah. suits. And they were talking For about sure. uh, TikTok and YouTube. Um, and, uh, and the suit was talking about how the YouTube views are, are worth more because it's, mm -hmm. it's actually harder to get discovery on YouTube. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, you earned it or something. Whereas TikTok, um, almost anybody is going viral at some point on TikTok. Totally. And and on one hand, I'm like, yes, you are right. On the other hand, I'm like, that's what's exciting about TikTok for creators <laughs> yeah. because it's totally. nice to know that you could just spend a few minutes on a thing and a million people could see it. That's a good feeling. And 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 this might be something that's just unique to you know, my situation as it, as it, as it is a comedic character, but not necessarily, I guess it would apply to a lot of TikTokers, but basically like, <clears throat> I don't want to say, I don't have to think hard about it because there are times when I spend half a day on a TikTok, admittedly. And, uh, and Onyx tries to do a lot of the challenges that people may think he wouldn't do. Uh, and even if it's a sexy challenge, he tries to make it sexy, but as a comedic character, all I have, it gives you a premise, you know, almost always it'll present a premise to you. Everybody's doing this challenge. What would Onyx do with that? And so there is less mental energy spent on building something from scratch in order to get to the joke. And when I make a sketch, uh, you know, I'm writing it from scratch and I've got to make sure not only does it make sense for me and do I have the right props and do I have this? Will it even matter to the YouTube audience? Does it need to be a sketch about the Snyder Cut for it to matter right now? You know, and, and on TikTok, I can do a challenge that if it's using the popular sound or audio at the time, I can kind of guarantee it'll at least get me a few hundred thousand views. And for those people, I've looked relevant again. That character pops back on their FYP and they're like, oh my God, LOL, this guy. And that's comforting to know. I can still do my original Onyx videos and I still do stuff on TikTok that's not based on trends, but it is comforting to know you can every once in a while just do one of the trends and it'll bump your numbers for a bit. Mm -hmm. I really like that you uh, explained that the the same the same character, the same premise, the same general everything was a really not great fit on on one platform, the seemingly obvious platform, uh, and it was a perfect fit on another one, right? Yeah. Um, and this is something that, like, when I talk to people who are getting started, you know, they say things like, I want to be on YouTube. I want to have a YouTube mm -hmm. channel. And I think, well, you know, there's a chance that one of these other sites is a better fit for you. <laughs> like, I don't yeah. know exactly what you do, uh, but you may very well be, uh, you know, fit best on Instagram or TikTok yeah. or whatever it is. And being flexible about that. Uh, that's pretty important because if, if you've yeah. never taken the plunge into TikTok, where is Onyx right now? Yeah, totally. It, I mean, I really think it, it created a bridge for me creatively to keep doing the character and it kept him around for 
just enough longer to where I eventually got this film idea. And I don't know if I would have continued to do the character in this last year. I probably would have just kind of written a weird horror movie that I could try to make for no money. Um, but I would have probably walked away from Onyx. It really was the TikTok format that woke him back up. And um, it took a little bit of rearranging for my brain because I, I think like, you know, sketch comedy and I always think a little more long form and people would tell me to take Onyx to TikTok. And I thought, yeah, I don't even know what I do. And it took spending time on the app and learning the language of it before I started getting the ideas. And then all of a sudden, oh, there's like this whole world in front of me of, of you know, Onyx dresses up like the crow. Like you spend time on TikTok and you're like, well, I, I don't really do cosplay, but cosplay is popular on TikTok. Well, if Onyx had to cosplay, he'd cosplay the crow. So, you know, then that's like a whole runner. I can do crow videos for like two <laughs> weeks. And um, and even if it like for, for those other creators, it's like, even if it's only the platform for a time, you know, maybe there's a time, there was a time that Onyx worked on YouTube, but it, it's, yeah, keeping an open mind to think, well, maybe the next Lilypad is one of these other platforms um, to keep your work going. Did, did the kids on TikTok get the crow as a reference? You know, it's so funny. That's what everybody <laughs> asks me when I tell them that he does a lot of crow content. <laughs> the, <clears throat> there is a really great, you know, and I'm sure you've heard this, like TikTok's all about finding your niche. And and there's a lot of really great niche communities around not only just alt and goth cosplay, but specifically like 90s and early 2000s stuff. I mean, there's there's young TikTokers that are still just as dedicated to talking about like the VHS tapes that I have hanging on my wall. Um, it's not a large community, but it's kind of niche enough for a character like Onyx. And then I get tagged. I mean, I just before coming on the show was tagged in somebody doing a crow cosplay and people were like, Onyx, respond to this. Onyx, respond to this. That's the other thing about TikTok. If I don't have an idea, I just put my outfit on and I just scroll long enough to see something I should just do a reaction to, uh, whether it be a duet or a stitch. And some of my videos of Onyx reacting to a cool cosplay have more views than something I thought for hours about. And then that audio then you know, I then upload the audio and that gets used for other people's videos. Um, so, so yeah, there's enough of a crow community on, on, <laughs> on, on TikTok and other like weird kind of like the craft is big and, and areas of TikTok nineties goth stuff is big. Um, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a world for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that you can do the duets. I, for, I forgot about that. That's such a big thing. And I see them reposted on Twitter all the time. They're so funny. Yeah. They're so funny. And that's and I really, really, really want to get uh, to the movie and I want to hear all about it. Um, but before we do that, I also just really wanted to get like pick your brain a little bit about comedy because, yeah. you know, you love comedy. You're an incredibly funny guy. Um, I started out on the platform doing comedy uh, with a character that was like a distant relative of Onyx called Jerry Bloop. And, <laughs> nice. um, and I had a hard time with it after a while. I got really discouraged because I felt yeah. like um, it was a lot of work and a lot of what's funny on the internet takes no work. And yeah. you yeah. laugh really hard. You laugh probably harder than at the thing that took you 40 hours to, to do sure. to make somebody laugh. So like just like 30,000 foot view, what do you think about doing comedy on the internet and like comedy in general today? Yeah. 
I mean, I have a weird relationship with comedy because, it, and it's going to sound incredibly heady and uh, probably pretentious, but in a weird way, the way I relate to comedy is that I don't see it as comedy. Uh, I see it as it's it for me for Onyx. It's an like over commitment emotionally to something absurd. And that gets a comedic response that gets people to laugh. But I remember I shot a feature for, I think, $900 called Jimmy Tupper versus the Goat Man of Bowie. And it's funny how making things actually helps clarify your voice for you when you hear other people talk about it. Because I made this thing and it's a I thought it was a horror movie, found footage horror movie. And and then it got into some festivals, even though it you know it was shot on mini DV for no money. It got into South by Southwest. And this is in like 2010. And I'm sitting there and I was always like, I want to be a comedy guy, but I love horror. And I grew up wanting to be on SNL. And it was always like, I want to make people laugh. I want to make people laugh. But I sat in that theater watching the movie and people were laughing and not like in the room. They weren't laughing at the wrong places and they weren't laughing because something wasn't working. They were laughing because my character, well, my character believed there was a monster in the woods called the goat man. And so he's completely committed to this reality and he's out there yelling at the goat man cussing at the top of his lungs and people are laughing <laughs> and i was like yeah but wait and then somebody would come up to me at the end and be like dude that was so funny and like scary but so fucking funny dude and i'm like yeah yeah, yeah for sure and it took me some investigating <laughs> to understand like i didn't intend to be funny but i guess that is kind of what i do is commit to something to such a level where it elicits a a, a, a laugh even though my headspace when I do it is not to be funny, if that makes sense. Like, I want to I get so upset as Onyx and be committed to him being angry about something that I'm living in this anger. And then it happens to be funny from the outside or any of the news videos when, when Onyx is getting all twisted up about, you know, whatever shame he feels or that somebody might think he was masturbating in the basement and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I'm not thinking about like, making it funny i'm thinking about how committed he can be when he's expressing these dark things or these shameful things that i'm believing it and then if it's funny that's like something that comes from the outside if that makes sense mm -hmm. but i mean like last night i shot this video where he was talking about the three sexiest demons in horror and you know it's all just improvised and of course it's meant to be funny i'm not saying i'm not intending for it to be funny but my headspace is what would he say that would like really make him feel like I've said too much and I've got to backtrack? And he basically starts talking about how like raw he wants to have sex with Rawhead Rex, which is this like pagan god from an old 80s horror movie. And then he kind of feels bad that he admitted that. And so my thing is like the interplay of Onyx feeling like he spilled the beans and wanting to take it back, but he can't. And then if that's funny, then bonus, I guess. But I kind of like living in the I like living in the emotional reality of it. I don't know that that answers your question, but I will say in general comedy, I've never related it related to it in the way that I see a lot of other people relate to it because at one point somebody criticized some music I had written that was like, man, it's really urgent. And I was like, oh, is that a bad thing? Because I used to be in bands in the early 2000s. And they're like, I don't know. It doesn't make for the most enjoyable listen. Like you kind of sound like stressed and urgent the whole time. And I realized that that's present in like anything I do, even comedy. Comedy to me kind of has, there's like a, there's a level of 
torture to it. Like there's a level of heaviness. And when I make those news videos, I'm stressed out the whole time and Onyx is upset and Onyx is screaming. And by the end of it, I've like kind of gripped my fists so hard, like my fingernails are, you know, pushing into my palms. So it's like, I'm listening to the, the book, you know, Wild and Crazy Guys about Chevy Chase and Bill Murray. And I'm just like, I just, I don't relate to it like those personalities, you know? It's weirdly not light to me. It's like also the way I would approach a horror film or a drama. I don't know. Mm-hmm. For better or for worse. I don't even know if that answers your question. It probably sounds pretentious, but. No, no, no. It does. It uh, It's fascinating. That's why I asked it. What's different about the, the mindset of Chevy Chase than, uh, than yours? Like I think the little I know about him, even though I'm kind of obsessed with him, I've listened to a bunch of podcasts, all those like, you know, the mid seventies and early eighties, that boom of that kind of uh, era of comedy, just like firing on all cylinders. I guess it's that there's an application of their base level personality. There's an ease that almost how they are as people all. I'm not saying that they're not geniuses, but all they have to work at is kind of getting that through on camera. It's kind of just like, can my natural aloofness make its way to camera? And that's magic all in its own. I mean, there's actors that are absolutely freaking geniuses and all they do is get to a place of comfort where their personality at rest is can be captured. Whereas I feel like what I do, and I'm sure there's people to compare it to, I'm not saying I'm like a pioneer in this, um, is like it has to go through some kind of meat grinder. Mm. Um, it's got to involve like all these other triggers and memories and um you know even like onyx is kind of me in middle school so i'm constantly pulling from stuff that upset me you know god 20 something years ago <laughs> I, I there's just more of like a weird performance art process to it and i'm jealous of people that that have a bit more ease um mm. and that maybe don't come out of it you know shaking and sweating like <laughs> james brown after a performance uh, um i uh you know, I even I even like Sasha Baron Cohen. I mean, that personality type, it's just amazing. I don't I and I what he does is stressful and what he does takes a, a lot of commitment emotionally and just as a performer. But there is also like a lightness to him as a personality. There's this energy, this charm. And uh I don't know. For me it is more of a it's more of like I feel like I'm in a boxing gym when I when I'm trying to be Mm-hmm. when I'm trying to discover what's what's funny. Yeah, yeah. But but writing, but but all that to say, like the voice of Onyx now comes so easy. That's not a torturous process. Like writing the screenplay for this feature was probably one of the like lightest, most fun experiences I've ever had. Um, because I didn't have to be in the outfit making jokes about wanting to fuck Rawhead Rex. I, I was just sitting there just <laughs> writing. And so I could just speak out loud and, 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 and I found all the jokes very easily. And mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I want to ask you a question real quick since you mentioned Sasha Baron Cohen. So uh, he was in a, a mini series recently called the spy uh, about um, an Israeli uh, Mossad agent. So Israel's version of the CIA, if mm-hmm. anybody's unfamiliar Um uh, he was an agent who infiltrated uh, Syrian intelligence. This is many decades ago, and, and it uh, uh, had quite an effect on the relations between those two countries. Very serious role, though. And mm-hmm. I don't think very many people have ever seen him in a role that wasn't Ali G or uh, Borat. Uh, he, he crushed it 
It was very, very good. He killed that role. It was so good. Uh, and I thought, I wonder why he wanted to make this this switch. Uh, and Nick Kroll also uh, did a serious role about um, uh, uh, about tracking down um, uh, tracking down a former Nazi in uh, South America. You know, and, and part of the intelligence team on that. But again, Nick Kroll, you know. Last couple of years, I think of him on Big Mouth, yeah, <laughs> just generally being a goofball. Uh, but there he is in a, a very similar role. Um, do you think as you do more comedic stuff, there gets this itch that's like, hey, I really want to do a very serious character? Yeah, there's a I forget what podcast it was, but there was an interview with uh, um, Steve Coogan, Alan Partridge, and oh, he yeah, talked yeah. about. He talked about, I don't necessarily feel this, but he talked about how there's something, I'm not going to be able to put it as eloquently as he did, but there's, no matter how successful he is and known in England, there is still this dynamic of, well, but you're a clown. Even when people talk to him, even other actors or people in the industry, there's there's still this, and I'm not saying this is like a, an epidemic, but I guess there is still this, the, you know, well, you have a comedy. It's still a little, somehow... It can be less respected, I guess, if the individual chooses to, because maybe it does look easy. And especially, mm -hmm. you know, someone like Coogan, uh, who's doing that character for so long, maybe <laughs> they just think it comes easy. And he talked about how he felt like people don't respect the work of comedy as much as other genres because they assume it's it, it comes so easy. I don't know. And, and you know, then he talked about making the film Philomena and all of that. But. I don't necessarily have a chip on my shoulder about wanting to be taken seriously as an actor or doing a serious role because I feel like what I've been, whether it was my intention or not, I mean, I don't have representation as an actor and I, and I, and I have sought it for 14 years. So there's something they like, I, for whatever reason, I'm not the type of person that can even think, can I do a different role or should I say yes to this role or what path should I go down? I, my only path has been, can I create something that I can be in? Because that's like the only opportunity that's ever come. And I, it's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, there's definitely times when I think it is. And then there's times when I love it. But if I were to become known, I guess if I were to have the success of those people like Nick Kroll or Sasha Baron Cohen, where I say, say I make this Onyx movie and, and maybe the first one is like a moderate indie hit, or at least it's respected in the indie community. But maybe a year later or two, there's an Onyx show on FX. And all of a sudden, mm. there's like a wider audience for him. If I got known for Onyx, maybe I'd feel the need to pivot and do something dramatic. But I also feel like Onyx is so dark and he's the kind of character that can cry. He's the kind of character that can lose his cool. There's stuff in the movie that's like, straight up emotional it's not even played for comedy so i i, I kind of think and i could be eating my words eventually onyx at least is the type of character that because he operates with such urgency and even darkness at times it wouldn't be so hard for me to do something dramatic mm -hmm. away from onyx or even laterally to onyx whereas some of the other comedic personas i think because they're so light you know i mean and, and nick crawl does like really broad and i'm not saying my stuff's not broad but I can I can see that kind of staying in that wavelength getting a little tired, but Onyx is such like an emotionally charged wavelength. I might not feel that yearning to pivot, yeah. um, if that makes sense. Yeah, 
It makes a lot of sense. And I could definitely see moments uh, in in the film where Onyx just breaks down and it's not funny. Yeah. <laughs> like that's right, totally right. reasonable uh, thing to happen for that character. Yeah. So I really do want to get in uh, to, to the movie. You know, we had um, uh, Nathan Barnett on yeah. TCU uh, a couple of weeks ago, someone that you've worked with and someone who mm-hmm. has almost word for word uh, walked us through the pain points that you just outlaw, um, mm-hmm. laid out. Um, yeah. In regards to, he wants to be an actor. Like he wants yeah. to do his short films. He he wants to get cast in things, but in the meantime, he can't stop. You know, when when Conan O'Brien lost the uh, Tonight Show, they did, he did that documentary called Conan Can't Stop, and that yeah. th- that is Nathan Barnett. Nathan can't totally. stop, so he's just constantly churning out content. Uh, but deep down, would much rather be getting um. See, yes, like serious roles, roles where right. he can do his comedic stuff and, and his physical comedy, but still be able to act. Um, yeah. And, you know, we, we mentioned uh, on that podcast, Joe Penna, who successfully made a transition totally. yeah. from Mystery Guitar Man, which had nothing to do really with acting or like filmmaking. I mean it was really more of like a music editing project where he was totally. making these crazy like edited music videos. If anybody remembers mystery guitar man, mm-hmm. but anyway, he made a short film. The short film did well and well enough where he got to do the feature of um, Arctic. If anybody hasn't seen that. Uh, and it, it interests me because um, Jake, who I work with um, who does Vsauce three has mm-hmm. ambitions to do feature films, but you know, he's been told uh, very explicitly that, you know, YouTube doesn't count. Like, we don't care right. how many you know, millions of YouTube views you have. What right. film festivals have you won, essentially? Like, yeah. you have to start there. So, yeah. you're doing this Kickstarter. Um, it, it's doing well. It needs to get fully funded. So, everybody who's listening, definitely yeah. check it out. There'll be a link in the description and... I fully, like heavily, heavily recommend, suggest, and prod everyone to contribute whatever you can uh, to make this film happen. Um, But walk us through the process here because, you know, as a filmmaker, as an indie filmmaker, you're really on your own, right? Like what other choice do you have other than trying to scrape together some money to to make something from scratch yourself? Totally. Yeah. And I think what you just said about, uh, the, well, both Nathan and, uh, Jake's experience, like that's what gave birth to this Kickstarter. The, the fact that there's always this moving target when pitching to outside entities. Um, I mean, I, I, I before Onyx went viral, I could pitch something and that person might say, you know what? Come back to us when you've had a viral video. And then I have, you know, 10 videos go viral and I come back and say, my videos went really viral. And they say, ooh, come back to us when you've uh, made it into Sundance. And then you say, (laughs) well, I haven't gotten into Sundance, but I got into South by Southwest and Seattle International. And I don't know, all these other festivals that have a a modicum of respect across the, uh, the industry. And they're like, oh, what we actually need is somebody that's gone viral. And you're like, yes, right. And I did that before. (laughs) And they're like, well, what we actually, it's always shifting. It's It's always changing. It's like a Monty Python skit. It is is exactly a Monty Python skit. I've I've gotten all of the, whatever the tokens you think would matter at any given point. I feel like I've accrued those tokens, but I guess I've never had those tokens 
when the like right slot came by, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's so interesting to feel like I, I've heard a lot about what Nathan's gone through and uh, mm. it, 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 there's, it's so similar. It's just this weird game of, um, yeah, of, of moving target. You never know what's going to have worth. And I mean, I, I, when I left my last job at a, a place called Nerdist, you know, I'd been making digital content mm. for them for six years as a director. I had directed video, music video parodies and, you know, stuff that a lot of people had seen. Like I'd bring one video up and they'd be like, you did that? Oh, dude, that was so funny. I didn't even know you did that. And then they would say, but have you ever made a short film? And I'm like, yeah, I've made a bunch, <laughs> but I especially made a lot of shorts prior to getting my job in the industry where I created content for six years. And they're like, right, 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 right. But you should really make like a short with your voice. And I'm like, got it. So I make a short and then it gets into film festivals and I can't do anything with that because I start pitching that and they say, well, we're really looking for straight horror, not horror comedy. Oh, but you said make something with my voice. Well, my voice is kind of like Joe Dante, Joe Dante and Sam Raimi had a baby. So that's not what you want. No, we want straight horror. Okay. Well, you should have said, go and make something with your voice. You should have said, go and make something that will exactly fit into the, the hole that we have or the slot that we have. It's this game. And for people like Nathan and myself that we just thrive off creating. We just have to keep getting stuff out there. We just, whether it be self-expression or, you know, something kind of more compulsive, um, we're, we, if you sit and wait for that to line up, if I sat and waited for an Onyx horror comedy feature to make sense for a company that has backers, that has financing in place, I mean, you could be seeing an Onyx movie when Onyx is like 55, maybe. I mean, <laughs> there's just... It's just such a, uh, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's just a game of ever narrowing opportunity because it has to align with what the company needs and with what you know you have in the tank. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> all that to say, yes, the only way forward, not only for an Onyx movie, but to be honest and transparent to the point where, you know, I may look like an abject failure. I haven't pitched anything in uh, 14 years that anybody else has financed. You know what I mean? Like, that's the reality. My ideas just don't seem to find homes. And yet, I know people like the stuff I do. So there's a disconnect. Maybe my stuff just isn't, you know, meant for like greater digestion. But um, I just got to the point this year after I couldn't get my last feature going which was based on a short I made called Little Willie. There's one before that called House Mother, made a short, couldn't get the feature going. I, I made a short called Self Tape, tried to get the feature going based on that, couldn't. And then I made a short called Thrill Me, tried to get a feature made based off that, couldn't. All of those, I was like, all right, no more shorts, no more proof of concepts. We got to make a movie. We have to make a movie and it can't be experimental like the one I made uh, in 2010 or any, I made two other features that were, one was a mockumentary and one was like shot on a GoPro, but they were all like experimental with their camera language and even their format. And I'm like, we got to make a real movie, a movie that looks like a movie and it's shot like a movie and it looks and tastes like a movie. And I just thought like, well, Onyx is the way forward. I mean, he's the only thing that's ever worked for me on a broader level that wasn't like a Spider-Man Bruno Mars music video parody for Nerdist, <laughs> which obviously is just kind of connecting, you know, to charges on the internet and getting views um so mm -hmm. yeah sorry that was like long-winded but uh 
the only way forward is to say, well, if there is an audience for this, which I believe there is after doing the character for this long, the only way to fund it is to essentially ask the audience to help fund it, to crowdfund it. Um, and uh, there's even still people over the course of the campaign. I mean, everyone has been insanely supportive. I've been blown away. Like I get messages that are just like, keep, keep going, man, you're doing really good. And you know, it's, it's looking good. And the campaign's been a lot of fun and blah, blah, blah. But then there will be messages that are like, if you have a script and you pitched it around town and nobody wanted it, doesn't that mean it just shouldn't be made? And what? I'm like, who takes yeah, the time I, to, to, to send that kind of comment? To I don't know. Somebody, <laughs> somebody, but I was like, I was doing a live stream when I got that comment and I was like, dude, if you think that way as an independent artist or as an artist in general, you're sunk. If you really think yeah. that a, an entity, a production company, a studio not wanting your thing means your thing shouldn't exist, mm -hmm. then like go home. <laughs> you got to go home at that point. You got to just pack it up. That's yeah. an insane way to think as an independent artist. The only reason your art exists is because you think it should. <laughs> like right. that's it. That's that. That's the only that's the only barometer it has to pass and then granted as a filmmaker the problem is movies can't exist without without a lot more money um but that's why it, it you know it led me to the kickstarter and i've never done a large effort like this on kickstarter um and i just thought you know if i'm gonna do it i want to do it with an idea that i'm super excited about and with a character that means so much to me i don't want to i kind of don't want to lose steam on him again i don't want to to pack him away but i need to also kind of grow as a director and do something bigger mm -hmm. yeah it stood out to me man like I, I i've you know been a fan of the character for a long time but i've never reached out to you before we've never talked yeah um but when i saw that you were doing this kickstarter it was like i'm on board like what? <laughs> yeah like really <laughs> like this dude wants to make a, a movie of this yes like let's <laughs> right. go i'll do whatever i can um, because that's an exciting thing to me. And I just know it, it's totally one of those situations where I'm like, if I were doing this, I would really want people like Andrew to support me. <laughs> I really, yeah. want, like you, like you have to be that guy. Like if right. you, if you are, you're either that, that guy or girl or you're not. And, yeah. um, to me, um, I like to think that I am. And yeah. that's why I was instantly like, I'm on board. I That's tagged awesome. Jake. I was like, let's go. This is yeah. the thing, you know, definitely to support because, you know, it's a lot of work to do this right. kind of stuff. It's a lot <laughs> yeah. of work to do this Kickstarter. It's a lot yeah. of work to make a freaking entire movie. Yeah. And just the fact that you're willing to go through that ridiculous amount of work and stress right. and sleepless nights to make a thing that you think should exist in the world and currently doesn't that's right. so inspiring to me it really is uh, and, and i don't i don't I want to sound it. like chicken soup for the soul here but um <laughs> it's just it's man it's nice seeing people pour their heart and their time into a, a project that they're really excited about because yeah from my perspective we don't see enough of it we just don't right there's just not enough stuff like this um, that, that, that really happens. It's, it's like, yeah. it's so much easier to just, you know, watch 300 episodes of the office on your couch than it is to <laughs> right. make a movie. It's so much yeah. easier, 
you know, and there's so many different types of cereal now. You could have yeah. like a new flavor of like Eggo or or Frosted Flake, like banana flavored <laughs> Frosted Flakes what? in March, the office. And it's, it's awesome. Totally true. That's way yeah. easier than making a freaking movie. Yeah. How is a cereal your main driver of, of no productivity? <laughs> I'm just saying. It sounds nice. Saying. It sounds like, nice. It's an it's an analogy that I think fits with like the modern conveniences of being lazy. Yeah. It's like we have yep. so many distractions both in our you know, snacking and entertainment. <laughs> yeah. That, uh to, you know, uh uh not indulge in those things and instead wake up from a nap at 11 p.m. and go down into your garage and film a video when you're half right. asleep is yeah it, a it's it's crazy and <laughs> right. b i absolutely love and admire it and yeah. i'd like to see you know more people do it so that's why Thank i you. was instantly excited about the project and um yeah would love people to to support it because we need more yeah. stuff like this I in appreciate the world it. It means a lot. We'll put, the, uh, yeah. the support, like I, there, there's, there are people that have just immediately supported like yourself that like really helped bolster my confidence early on. And, um, it's, it, people don't understand how much, uh, even like, uh, yeah, I tweeted it. I, I'm not much of like a Twitter person, but, and I'm really bad at self-promotion, even though I put myself in everything I do and you'd think I'd be like really good at it. But, uh, I've never, I'm not the type of person to tweet something like, you know, hey, hire me to remake blah, blah, blah. I'm here, you know. I'd be like, well, <laughs> yeah, no. If my, that it, guy. It, yeah. yeah, like, if my work speaks for itself, I'll it'll get there and they'll be like, the guy that's right for remaking this is that director or whatever. But with this, it's so all or nothing. I've had to be a lot more unashamed on Twitter and I just tweeted it. I specifically tweeted at big accounts that I have shared Onyx videos. Like, some real famous people have shared onyx videos and just gone like this guy's nuts and i'm always like this guy is, is an actor director who's lived in la for 14 years that could love uh, you know, a leg up but i i tweeted at like five of those um larger accounts and just said you've shared my content in the past i would love if you would share my kickstarter for a feature film featuring my weird guy and i will tell just uh, on that one day i tweeted at five people and one person reshared it and it was uh, the LP from Run the Jewels. Reshared it immediately. Hmm. And it sounds like such a small thing, but that was huge. And it says a lot about, I think, even his character. The fact that he knows the Onyx videos. He referenced an Onyx video in a song of his and gave me credit, like tweeted really? and said it. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and uh, yeah, I think it's the song Oh Mama. Is that the name of it? But he says, Notice me, senpai. And when the song came out, he said, just so everyone, he said, just so everyone knows, I'm quoting this guy. And he tweeted the weird Satanist guy. So he wasn't okay. just quoting anime culture. He was quoting weird Satanist guy. He immediately retweeted it. And it's just like, I, and I might be reading into it, but that's because he knows the hustle. Like he understands how important yeah. it is that somebody get amplified in the moment that they're trying to create something that's a bigger swing. And the other four people didn't retweet it. And so fuck them. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, who knows? They Drop may have their uh, names. Let's no. drag them right now. <laughs> they may have they may have assistants that run their accounts and they never even saw it. And and they're like, why is this guy bothering us about his Kickstarter? <laughs> uh, I just happen to it just matters to me that uh, the support, it, every ounce of it helps. I mean, people mm -hmm. that are giving a dollar 
that helps. If this movie gets made, it will be because 3,800 or 4,000 people decided to help. It's a really cool thing to think about. It didn't make sense for a company or, or fit like a quarterly agenda or they weren't like, well, Onyx is big on YouTube. This would be good for that if you put some influencers in the movie. None of that. It'll be these 4,000 individuals that made the thing a reality, which I think is really cool. Mm-hmm. The combination of things that, that both of you have talked about in the last 15 or 20 minutes um, makes me kind of doubly realize that you cannot be a normal, well-balanced person and succeed with this stuff. <laughs> you, you truly like, and I, and I mean, it's an asset to not behave the way common sense tells you to behave. Right. You truly cannot take uh, like input X and read it uh, to do output Y because yeah. it does not work that way. The whole yeah. thing doesn't. So you're talking about, um, uh, you know, this laundry list of requirements, make uh, make a short, go viral, whatever. And it's this very catch 22, like Kafka-esque thing where even when you satisfy those conditions, the conditions have changed <laughs> since the yeah. time right. you know, they told you. So you have to keep doing stuff, you know, cross your fingers to hope that all these things line up and knowing that it works that way, you really can't, you can't use common sense. You have to have a sprinkling of personality disorder. You have to have a sprinkling of mental illness. (laughs) Like you have to have, (laughs) like pull the best things from all of those things that sound bad. Yeah. um, But then apply them to this crazy drive to keep going and going. Because like you said, if you wait with Onyx, he's going to be, you know, 58 years old. Yeah. Um, That's just not, that's not going to work. And, you know, I've talked with Kevin about this a lot lately in the last week or two because of different projects that we're working on. Everything takes forever. That's what we've, mm-hmm. we've come to realize is everything takes forever. And just yesterday, we were talking about when people really break out with, with a lot of these things. And it's, it's like after 35 most of the time. It's mm-hmm. not very often uh you know a taylor swiftian story yeah uh, where where a teen makes it no most of the time you grind away for a hell of a long time and things start to get a little better when you're our age yeah <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's good in a way yeah that you don't have to worry about the day-to-day ups and downs you don't have to worry when things don't line up on a project if you accept kind of trust this process and you know, really ignore all the evidence around you. Ignore yeah. all of the things that a normal person would look at and be yeah. bothered by. Um, oh, totally. So it's, yeah, it's just such a, a, a great story with you uh, talking about uh, having a bunch of shorts, uh, you know, happen yeah. and then start and stop. And then just realizing like, hey, I've got to do this thing. Yeah. I'm not going to wait around. I have to do this thing right now myself. Yeah. Yeah. And it really is. It does take a fair amount of, I mean, this thing I shot a couple of years ago, which was called worm. It was like a two take long feature where I was wearing a GoPro and it was aimed toward me. And there's like one edit in the whole movie. And I, I think a part of me thought, I didn't think it would be easy, but you talk about the like mental state you have to be in there. Maybe it is delusion, but there's something in my mind that does make me think, well, we can do that. We can go and make a movie like that. And then you get there and it's like, it was insane. We were in this small town in Oklahoma. We had to map out an entire feature film, like a run of show happening live. 
across town. We had to get, you know, we were in sync with the police department because he steals a cop car at one point. He jumps off a bridge at one point. I remember sitting on the bridge at one point, and I don't know if a friend of mine said it to me or if I just had the thought, but I was like, why did I think this would be easy? <laughs> and yet I go into every scenario with that. Even thinking, I didn't think the Kickstarter would be easy, but part of me had to think it was doable or I wouldn't have tried. And yet, you're right. There's no evidence to say, and I even had people tell me, well, I don't really know that Onyx fans are going to like, sh- I don't know that your TikTok audience is going to convert to like backers on Kickstarter. And I'm like, right, 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 right. And then another person might say, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, I doubt, even though he's known and there's a lot of views on his videos, a lot of people don't even know there's a director behind the character. I don't think you're going to get the money. There's a lot of evidence to say it's not it's not possible. So maybe don't try it. But there's something in my brain that's like, I don't know if it's if it's exciting to me. And if it feels like I can, I'm and not to compare myself to Alex Honnold, you know, the free solo climber. But in that documentary, he's like, you see a mountain and I want to climb it like I want to climb it. Yeah. And that's how I am with these projects, at least when I have the idea, if it's if it's gotten me excited to a certain point, there's just no turning back. Um, and once I got the idea for this feature and once I started writing it and, and I found it to be so engaging, I like knew I was like, oh, I'm I'm, I'm going to be launching a Kickstarter for this. Um, and then you just kind of go into it. And then every day that we get money, I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's it's crazy to think that we're even here when, yeah, you start at zero just saying, hey, help me make a movie. It's an it's an insane thing to think you could even do. Um, um, I, I love your comment, Matt, because you're totally right that the, the normal person, the normal person is the person who left you those comments, Andrew, that were like, right, right. <laughs> this is yeah. a bad idea. Like, obviously, nobody wants this because you've been turned down over the years. Don't do this. That is Don't the normal it. comment. That's right, what normal right. people yep. think. It's, and, and it's perfectly and sensible. It's, it instead, is perfectly we're like, sensible. what? Yeah. But yeah. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do it anyway. That's true. <laughs> I told one time I was home in Maryland where I'm from and I told a buddy about, he was like, what are you working on? And it's like at any point you're like, well, I'm working on this, but that's not going anywhere. I did this, but I think that didn't go anywhere either. I may have this thing, but it might not happen. I'm shooting this thing on my own. I'm going to shoot this thing if my friend says he'll do it. Yeah, it's just this laundry list of things. And my buddy was like, oh, yeah, that sounds exhausting. Anyway, you want another beer? Like, <laughs> just couldn't even have the conversation with me. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it probably was exhausting to hear about. But yeah, you have to be able to. And it's funny because there's certain insults people will sling. This this was this is really dark, but I'll share it. And this is like when I've told people this story, they're like, shit, pals. But uh, so I have like a little, I have a little set in my garage. I've got my little desk over, you know, I've got like a little production studio for no one in here. And, uh, I, some people on my YouTube channel were like, we'd love to see an office tour. And, uh, and so I gave them a tour of the garage and I'm also currently, this makes me sound even, you know, I don't know, more kind of off the grid, but I'm also kind of helping a cat rescue. I'm trying to rehab this feral cat right now in my garage. <laughs> nice. So awesome. side note, I'm doing all of this and I also have a feral cat like loose in my garage. But um <laughs> I'm giving them a garage tour and showing them how I have, you know, room for a green screen. I've got Onyx's set, I've got wardrobe racks and all this stuff. And one of the comments was <laughs> here before Bowser hangs himself in the garage for not making his fundraising goal. And <laughs> first of all, super fucking dark. Also, I kind of respect the dark. like 
the comedy button of it all because it was kind of funny to put up this video that's like here's my garage and the first comment is like kill yourself but <laughs> yeah but what was interesting about it was like that person doesn't understand I, I i really thought about that comment and not to like grandize people that are in the entertainment industry only because many professions take a lot of you know resilience and fortitude but I don't think that person understands how many times I'm rejected, you know, mm. daily. There, if I, and this is no slight to anyone that suffers from a mental illness and, and has suicidal thoughts, but if me, if uh, the idea that I would crumble like that at the thought of this failing is a supreme misunderstanding of the resilience you have to have to even have gotten this far. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I was like, you don't get it, dude. This Kickstarter could fail and you will see me two weeks later with a new short film that, you know, like there's just <laughs> yeah. no, there's no stopping. And um, I don't know. I think I responded to his comment like, Jesus, just because it was so harsh. <laughs> but um, but right. Like mm. normally I think you would think that many things not working out the way you thought. Um, right. right. Why, 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 why did you even take the time to buy the wood paneling from Ohio and get it shipped to LA so you can make your onyx set but people don't understand it's like you 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 get to a point where it's not that those hurdles don't hurt and that you know you don't have a week or two where you're feeling like fuck this this sucks but you you're only the only well you have to go to to kind of rejuvenate yourself is your creativity so I'll mm -hmm. be down for a while if the kickstarter fails and then I'll discover some idea and I'll convince my brain that that was actually the idea all along that I had to discover that, you know, oh, that's how it was meant to happen. The Kickstarter failed. But then I came up with this no budget experimental horror film shot on VHS that actually gets into Sundance. You know, I'll come up with a narrative that'll get myself out of the gutter, even <laughs> if it's a completely invented, yeah. highly improbable narrative. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You have to you have to love the process of doing this stuff. Yeah. yeah. When you and Nathan and other people have talked about um, something that amounts to I can't stop. Yeah. And, you know, if uh, if uh, Kevin uh, gets Vsauce to uh, obliterated tomorrow, I don't know what kind of video he's going to make some horribly educational pornographic thing that <laughs> that gets the channel kicked off YouTube. Um, I yeah, he'll curl up in a ball and ev evidently eat cereal for yeah. a few weeks. Uh, but then, you know, there'll be something else there. there then it's right. on to the next thing. There's it's, it's impossible because I think he loves the process. Andrew, I think you do. Yeah, I do in my own way. You know, I do different things than both of you guys do, but I still love that process. I even yeah. love the process of doing manual labor outside. I was thinking just today, it was the first time I've been able to walk outside in like four or five months because it, it wasn't cold today. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking around at all of this stuff that sucks. I don't want to do any of this stuff. Like there are tremendous numbers of stones that need to be dug up and moved. Mm -hmm. This is like literally like uh, 1950s prison work, <laughs> you know, like breaking rocks with a hammer. And yeah. Stuff. This is horrible. Uh, and part of me is looking at that thinking like, this is going to be the worst year of my life. And then as I'm walking back, I'm all pumped and excited for it. And I'm like, damn, <laughs> like, yeah. what am I going to start with? Uh, because <laughs> yeah. I love the process of that, even though it's grueling. Totally. Um, that's just that. Uh, it's an attitude that uh, some people I, I think will never have it. They are not built. They're not programmed 
to operate in that way. Yeah. Uh, other people are probably too too deep, yeah. <laughs> too disconnected from reality. Right. Uh, but there's a sweet spot in between where you got to have that resilience that you talked about. Yeah. Uh, and and a recognition of how it works and kind of where you're at creatively and just still plow right on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got a comment on Twitter the other day. I'm not kidding. Oh, because because I took a little hiatus at the beginning of the year, uh, working on a book, and then relaunched. Uh, back on YouTube last week. And one of the only replies, because I don't actually get a lot of replies on Twitter, was, how are you still going? And, <laughs> and I was like, well, first of all, what? And then second yeah. of all, what else do you think I'm going to do? Open yeah. a used car lot? Yeah. Like, seriously, yeah. I don't have options. I'm totally. crazy and I have to keep doing this. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, until I drop dead. And and like that's the that's the situation here. Otherwise totally. you wouldn't have three hundred and sixty-six Vsauce two videos to go back and watch right now. And totally. Because I'm gonna make another three hundred. Huh? Uh, yeah, it's like three hundred and seventy-three. Cause I I updated today on a thing and yeah, it's like it's above three seventy now. Yeah. But yeah, but you, videos, you're you both know. right that it's just like <laughs> They don't get it and they, and they will not. And it's, it's, it's important, I think, for people like us to just recognize that and sort yeah. of brush it aside and be like, this is not for you. And that's okay. Totally. I'm not here to explain to you the problem that I have, but totally, totally. There's, yeah, there's an irrationality in everything, though. I yeah. mean, yeah, baking cupcakes. It takes like 45 minutes or an hour with a lot of steps. Number one, you could go buy them. But at the most foundational level here, you're going to eat the thing in like three bites and then poop it out. Right. That's the end result of you <laughs> baking these cupcakes and yeah. decorating them, right? It's completely irrational. Yeah. Saving money for retirement is completely irrational. Uh, on the surface, it just is. Um, going to the gym is pointless and irrational. It, like if you're on a machine, if you're on a, a, a treadmill or something, congratulations. You have literally made no physical progress in life. You've been in the <laughs> same exact space for 90 minutes and you really think you're doing something. Well, a year down the, the line, you know, you're in excellent health with good stamina and a six pack. Like, right. you know, you save for the retirement thing. Well, you're in a good place when you're 65 and you don't want to work anymore. Yeah. Um, all these irrational things make perfect sense in the end. Cupcakes uh, so taste you delicious. Weird don't forget cupcakes that. Cupcakes are, are nice. People That's do right. like them, you know. <laughs> but it's this really like uh, paradoxical blend yeah. of being completely immune to how stupid the thing is day by day. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then like, yeah. Yeah. And, and kind of uh, trying to, I find that what I do is uh, I'm constantly, tr a lot of my ideas are trying to rationalize what came before or trying to pay off what came before. So if I look at my situation and say, well, in 14 years, you're not repped. Uh, you're not, uh, you're not, I mean, how do I say this? Because I am also very, very um, privileged in the sense that I do make a living as a digital producer. So I do make a living doing what I love. I don't make a living off of my personal content and comedy, um, but I do make a living in the creative space. So I'm very thankful for that. But you, there's a way to look at my my situation and say, well, so, you know, you didn't get any of those shorts turned into features. Um, you haven't had a film at a festival since this year because then you took that job that took that long. 
And, mm-hmm. and, and in, a, in a way, my current, I look at that, I say, okay, so maybe somebody from my hometown would look at me and be like, why isn't Bows like directing, you know, the next Marvel movie already? Or why isn't he directing a TV show that I watch? Like, why aren't I maybe more successful in, uh, in their eyes? Why would I think about the way those people view me? We can ask my therapist, but, but so I'm constantly trying to make what I am doing and what I have done have worth now. So I could say, right, I'm not where I thought I'd be in my career in ways, but you know what? I might have a fan base at this point that would help me make a movie that I could have complete creative control over that could just be because of the relationship I've built when I was off failing in some people's eyes. Well, Mm -hmm. couldn't I actually have been cultivating a way forward that would make a lot of that stuff make sense retroactively? And so I'm always constantly kind of coming up with ways to help re not reframe in an unhealthy way, but reframe everything to have had value to have continual value. Where I think a lot of people, they say, well, this didn't work. So then that was a failure. I might as well stop this thing. But I feel like everything could be kind of utilized for the next step and the next move, but you've got to be thinking that way. You know, you've got to, and that like, like TikTok. Well, if, if the character's working on TikTok, maybe it is time that I do a bigger project with them, et cetera. And I do think mm-hmm. a lot of people, they take those losses uh, too much to the heart. They really get knocked off their, their uh, what, what's the phrase? Knocked off their saddle? I don't know. Their pedestal, and, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But A lot of things you can get knocked off. You can get knocked off on <laughs> a lot of things. Whatever you're on top of. Anything if you try hard enough. That's true, that's true. <laughs> um, so uh, we love to end our episodes with questions from our patrons, but they have to wait because they have to I wait. need yes. you to give us uh, give our audience the pitch for the movie. Tell us yeah. about the movie, who it's for, what they yes. can expect, who the yeah. uh, what the inspirations are. It's this meets that. That for all, sure, all, for all sure. Stuff for sure. Well, the movie's called Onyx: The Fortuitous and the Talisman of Souls. I would say it's closest in tone to '80s horror comedies like Gremlins and Ghostbusters or Fright Night. For anybody that likes Fright Night, it's a horror adventure comedy but it is not a parody so a lot of people say oh so like scary movie or tucker and dale versus evil no it's not a parody it takes itself seriously and the things that happen in the world are serious it's just funny the whole time there's a sense of adventure to it like those amblin movies were like poltergeist etc the plot is that onyx is a fledgling satanist and he hates his life he works at a fast food joint doesn't get along with his stepdad or his boss at work and he enters a contest to go to the mansion that belongs to his satanic senpai, this guy that he looks up to named Bartok the Great. And it's kind of a dark Willy Wonka situation where five people are going to win this contest and get invited to go to his mansion and take pl- take part in a once-in-a-lifetime ritual. They're going to try to raise this ancient this ancient demon named Abaddon. So it's a dark mansion movie, really. It's, it's one location once you get to the mansion. It's these five fledgling Satanists that become kind of our ensemble protagonists as they navigate their way through these rituals that Bartok and his assistant put them through that weekend, all leading to the rising, the raising of this giant demon. And of course, spoiler alert, but also it's pretty obvious from the outset, Bartok does not not have uh, good intentions toward this group of fans. He actually intends to uh, possibly harm them, maybe even steal their souls. So Onyx <laughs> and a few of the other Satanists get wise to this and have to try to reverse these rituals before their souls are gone and then humanity's souls at large are taken as well. 
And I'd say it's it's something for everyone. It's just, it's not as niche, but maybe this is part of my delusion. I don't feel like it's as niche as a lot of studios would or, or production companies would. It's a really good-hearted, fun adventure horror. Um, it, there's not even a lot of gore, even though I am a gore hound and I love gory movies. The, the tone of an Onyx feature just didn't go in that direction. Like placing Onyx in Hostel or Saw just didn't make sense. But placing him in like a adventure horror comedy with some levity felt felt right for the character. And um, I think, though, even if you like things like Stranger Things or if you like things like what we do in the shadows, it's just like a gothic comedy um, and a bit of a throwback to like the Hammer horror films, the British horror films, any dark mansion setting. Uh, and if they want to back the film, it's onyxthemovie.com, onyxthemovie.com. And we're so, it's it's hard to say how close we are. In ways, I feel like we're so close. We're above, we're, we're almost at $330,000 raised and we only need 500. So 500 is such a big number, but at the same time, to be at 330, it doesn't feel so far away. I don't know. That could also be my delusion at play. But as of our conversation right now, we are two weeks away from our deadline. So there is still... Uh, a good amount of money to be raised over the next two weeks, but there's just so many fun rewards if you're an Onyx fan. There's also rewards if you're not an Onyx fan. There's rewards just if you will like the process of filmmaking. There's like behind the scenes footage. Some people are going to get invited to like a private Instagram thread of just constant production stills and videos. Um, you can even back the film at a high amount and be in the movie or be an executive producer and come to the set. There's just something for everyone. Horror fans, comedy fans, Onyx fans, everyone. Yeah, that that high well, end thing I would love to do someday when I'm in a position to just drop yeah. 10 grand on something like that. Yeah, I'd love to be that loot. guy. That would be so awesome. I'm jealous totally. of people who are in that <laughs> position. It's so, so dope. <laughs> it's going to be so fun. It's going to be really fun. Well, uh, the TC universe has begun to deliver tom videoger who uh is extremely quick with links we've mentioned him several times uh, in the last few months uh, how quickly he throws links into the episode chat it turns out that he is just as quick with his generosity posting uh evidence of his his kickstarter oh, nice. kickstarter donation he's he's the first so uh, we're going to put the links to to everything um uh right in the top of the description of this show so if uh if you like what you're hearing, the link will be right there. Go there and pledge. Like I said, uh, uh, the Creator Unknown, Kevin, Jake, uh, Vsauce Three, uh, all got on it immediately. It's it's an excellent project. So yeah. join join Tom Videoger as well. Yeah, the thanks, rewards, You undersold the rewards. The rewards are crazy. <laughs> I'm like this Very dude cool. has lost yeah. his mind with these rewards because this is going to be like. <laughs> A full-time job for somebody just to, to make and yes, ship all of this stuff. It's unreal. It's more rewards than any Kickstarter I think I've ever seen. It's like it's, everything you can imagine. A, a few people have told me that. I didn't think I'd gone overboard, and yet, uh, and I did a lot of research leading up this to the campaign launch. This is another one of launch. those examples. This is yeah, another yeah. one of the <laughs> examples. That's you're totally like, true. Oh, this is totally fine. And then it's like, there are 98 <laughs> things I have to deliver. Oh, there's so many. <laughs> Um, I mean, I, I do like original commentary for existing films like Gremlins 2 and Pumpkinhead. There's an original cartoon that's like 90 seconds long. There's a comic book prequel. There's like a mad ball. Those old toys from the 80s. There's an Onyx mad ball. There's a vinyl toy. There's stickers, <laughs> T-shirts. 
Nimble. Um, yeah, key there's chains. so much. There's keychains, poster, the obviously. Oh, the Blu-ray. <laughs> you can get it on VHS, like a slime green VHS. <laughs> yeah, this VHS but it's, is so cool. It's also like, I want to see those things exist. That's partially why I had a friend that was like, I mean, who's going to care about the comic book? And I'm like, I mean, me? I want to get a comic book made. <laughs> Um, oh yeah, there's a theme song that you'll get a download of, uh, that we, <laughs> that we made with like proper musicians. Um, and there's like personal video messages from Onyx. You can get like a personal greeting from him. You can get a t-shirt. That's like the one he wears at his job at Marty's meat hut. Yeah, it's fun. But I wanted that to be fun. That, that to me was like, I built that out just the way I would want to see a, a campaign built out. Mm-hmm. Even though people said, Hey, what do chill. we have to do to get uh justin wang in the film in some capacity because he uh he's a massive horror fan yeah he's uh oh boy if he if he was there for eight seconds it would make he's a legendary extra yes Yes, for sure he's quite experienced oh i mean my gosh we could find there's so many there there is a tier on the kickstarter that's for a cameo um but i i hate to have to ask him like you've got to give it that tier um but <laughs> well we could hold him at gunpoint to see what totally. see if his, his generosity comes out yeah but there's a great uh, i specifically built scenes to involve the room for these cameos because i knew that that would be a reward oh, in the nice. kickstarter and there's a scene that happens mm-hmm. early at the meat hut where onyx quits his job and he throws kind of a tantrum and there's just a few inserts of like people reacting customers reacting to his tantrum and that's where the cameos <laughs> would be and then also later in the film there's like some satanists audition tapes being played on the tv that are other people that auditioned that tried to get into this contest that didn't get accepted and those are going to be like digital cameos from some of our backers yeah that's awesome well i'm excited um i'll do you know whatever we can thanks to any and every listener who who backs at whatever level because we need to make this happen um and i don't know i'll start thinking about other kind of creators and stuff that i could reach out to and just kind of twist yeah. their arm a little bit and be like hey you know let's get behind this let's get let, let's amazing. make sure this yeah. dark Rob. Willy Wonka movie gets made yeah yeah <laughs> and I've shot a bunch of like evergreen content for for creators if they want there's like a Google Drive link that just has Onyx on green screen being like oh cool content oh what do you got going on here it's entertaining and informative and like people could just put that <laughs> you know download that and put it in their content I've tried to make the collaborations as easy as possible but mm-hmm. i'm down for anything um all right well let, let, i know that matt you said we have amazing questions if you wanted to start we getting have into a lot those. of questions okay that's right yeah we we have a flood of questions <laughs> and they're actually pretty good uh the question game by the way everybody in episode chat the question game has improved episode by episode we had some goofy stuff you know six months ago well a lot of goofy things but the crazy thing is that doesn't matter because some of the uh best answers and discussions come from like mundane and odd questions so you can never tell what's going to be good and what's not but some of these questions are just involved in and excellent um dan the latch we'll start with this this uh easy one here uh what came first for you performing or making the stuff uh filmmaking directing producing for sure for sure performing came first because i started acting when i was a little kid in maryland i started doing theater local theater when i was about seven or eight and then did plays all throughout middle school and high school and then somewhere in high school is when i started writing and realizing that i wanted to be a writer director yeah but performing was first for sure 
Uh, well, I'm trying to think how to order these. I, I'm doing the, the kind of crash course. Uh, and it, usually I, I rank them as we go along. This time, it's like, oh, no, no, I'll sort it out. Well, I'm sorting it out in real time. And guess what? That's hard. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> uh, oh, Tom's is, is really good here. Uh, it's about characters that blur the audience's perception of reality and fiction, kind of like that, that Andy Kaufman mode. You can't tell what's real uh, and where the character ends and the person begins. Uh, what's, what's your reaction when people come up to you and call you Onyx? Well, I mean, I love it. I, I, I have, I, I don't have any, it's weird. Like there's no chip on my shoulder about being known for Onyx or people. I think the only, the only thing that's hard for me is has that, and this is going to make it sound like I'm just trying to compliment myself, but has how convincing he's been at times hurt me in a sense of, I don't get representation as an actor because people just think I'm a weird guy out there on the street yelling about Baphomet. Then I'm a little bothered, but who's to say if that is what's going on? Who, who, who knows what's going on? So I'm only bothered when I feel like it might have limited my, like, uh, the exposure in other ways, but I love that people know me as Onyx and I love being at conventions and people recognizing me. If I'm filming something as Onyx at a convention, a lot of people will recognize me, which is hilarious and great. If I'm not in costume and they recognize me, it's even cooler because I'm without the wig and the, the fedora. Uh, I don't immediately feel like the same guy, but I love it. I think the only, yeah, uh, I've had meetings before where even though they were with legitimate companies, they were like, oh man, it's nice to know you're normal. I didn't know what to expect you coming in here. <laughs> and that's a little frustrating because I'm like, oh, well, maybe that's why they're not hiring me to direct their big things because they think I'm that guy. But what can be done? Because Andy Kaufman, you know, he's one of my favorites of all time. Yeah. James asked, uh, this is something you, you just literally talked about, about whether you do get a feeling of accomplishment uh, in your acting skills when lots of people just don't make the connection that that you're playing a character. Yeah, I do get I still feel a, a sense of accomplishment. Uh, it only, again, starts to feel restrictive, like talking about the Kickstarter on TikTok started to make me feel a little claustrophobic because I did it in character for a year. I didn't break character on TikTok. So if Onyx launched the Kickstarter, he's like, I want to be a movie star. And he talks about it the way Onyx would. He says, I know y'all think I'm a meme, but I want to become more than a meme. I want to be like Jean-Claude Van Damme. And people <laughs> in the comments are like, don't give this guy your money. What the, what the fuck is he going to do with your money? They don't <laughs> know that. Well, no, Onyx is the voice box for the filmmaker who actually has like, like a legitimate team behind him for this feature. And, uh, and that started to get frustrating. So I broke character on TikTok. I had to. I, I had to get to a point where I still haven't done a like direct to camera as Bowser asking people to back the Kickstarter on TikTok. But I've had videos where Onyx is talking to Bowser and Bowser's like, you know, have you told people about the, the Kickstarter? And he's like, yeah, have you? And there's like a back and forth and people are like, whoa, whoa, oh, whoa. And so that's a better way to do it. That yeah. Makes sense. And I think I, I think eventually we'll see how close we are to our goal. But I'm going to eventually just have to be Bowser on my TikTok and just be like, we need more money. I'm a director. Right. Oh, God, trust me. Um, but that's the only time it's frustrating when I feel like it's maybe an, as an inhibited other areas. But for the most part, I just love Onyx and I love that people get a kick out of him. Um, that's one thing we didn't mention earlier that I want to make sure that we get on on tape here, as they say, is that the the people that you're working with on this film are amazing. Like yeah. ridiculously talented. It's not like 
for those listening, Andrew is a YouTuber and he's going to make a feature length movie, uh, you know, in his garage, legit <laughs> right. DP, like legit yeah. uh, VFX, legit music, like totally. real freaking awesome talent yeah. um, is going to be working on this movie. Yeah. I mean, I've been lucky that through my job at Nerdist, we did get to lo do a lot of shorts and videos with creature effects. And, and then through one of my other freelance jobs as a producer, I got linked up with a, an amazing composer who's, who I've been a fan of for years, who does a lot of scoring for animation. Um, and then a DP that I worked with a few years ago, he's just continued to do great work, especially in comedy and uh, for Netflix, a number of Netflix shows. And my sound designer that I've known for probably a decade has gone on to do sound design for horror films on Netflix. And everybody's like, if anything, when I ask them to do one of my projects, I'm like, wow, I hope they haven't outgrown me. Um, but luckily they were all on board. Our creature effects. I really lucked out and started working with, um, a, 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 an artist named David Woodruff, whose father owns studio ADI who they do like the predator and, it and uh you know big films and back in the day his father tom was the guy in the pumpkin head suit for stan winston in pumpkin head wow. which is my yeah wow. which is my favorite monster movie of all time wow yeah so good so and good so luckily studio adi are fans of onyx and i've worked with them so reaching out to them and saying will you be on board for talisman of souls they were like yeah we're there so yeah the team is is like a really solid solid team it's great great the dp did the auntie donna netflix show <laughs> yeah right? yeah totally Which, if anybody has seen the auntie donna netflix show it is like visual candy it, yeah, it is it's so, so good looking <laughs> freaking awesome to look at yeah and uh and as soon as i knew that i was like oh my gosh like i know because because i just remember loving the look of that show yeah he's it's so like good a living cartoon yeah he's so good at capturing comedy too I've never had uh, a relationship with a DP where they understood. I've had kind of not fights, but I've had arguments with DPs about how I need I need this shot because that's how the joke will play out or that will be the button. And they'll they won't understand the language of comedy, not taking precedence over the visual or the language of the camera, but that they need to be working together. Dan gets that more than anyone. He probably gets it more than me. He, he understands. He'll suggest shots that I didn't have in my head. And then I'll realize when I'm editing that actually revealed the comedy better. He really understands shooting comedy and he shoots comedy. It's still like cinematic. Um, right. It doesn't. A lot of people shoot comedy in a very throwaway and very standard way. Um, but Dan doesn't. He's very intentional with how he covers a scene comedically. Yeah, Auntie Donna is very cinematic. And DP uh, stands for Director of Photography. Yes. Um, sorry to throw jargon around for people who don't <laughs> yeah. understand that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the person who shoots the project. Totally. Uh, I'm in I'm in the wrong place. I just got so confused because uh, I clicked accidentally the green room chat. And <laughs> That's what I, did I saw. Yeah, yeah. And so I see the last message in it is uh, uh, from Nathan Barnett saying, should I be in here? And I thought, well, you know, like he knows you. We were just talking oh, yeah. about him. Like maybe he's <laughs> in here right now. And it just melted my brain <laughs> thinking that <laughs> I was like, gotcha, oh, shit, maybe, gotcha, maybe we yeah. should just like open up his audio. And I just got, oh, Jesus, I'm, I'm a mess. Um, but now I'm back in the right place. So there's a follow up on uh, the you being in character part. Uh, mm -hmm. This is from uh, Microspeen. Um, 
is anybody ever disappointed when they meet you and you're not being onyx because he feels like they're uh, people in the kind of creator sphere uh that have characters and and people come up to them and expect them to be that character just 24 7 yeah yeah people are disappointed and i and i get a little bummed when they're disappointed because it's like i don't know how do i say it it not usually in person they're not they're just like oh my gosh whoa you're the guy but you're kind of not the guy but i get it okay cool but when I get a, when I get a comment online that's like, is anybody else heartbroken to find out this was just an act? It just sounds like oh, dismiss dismissive. And I'm like, well, it's not an act. It's a performance that I take very seriously that arguably it takes more effort than just being that person. Like the fact yes. that I've created the character and continue to flesh out his world. Wouldn't that cause you to like be stoked so it bothers me when people are bummed <laughs> because it's kind of like oh he's a real guy with aspirations and wants to write and direct comedy <laughs> get out of here i wanted you to just be a freak on the internet for my amusement <laughs> that that bothers me i'm like well i'm sorry i can't just be that meme there was a lot of other things going on and i think the other things going on make it cooler and most people eventually catch up some people even say oh i was so bummed when i heard you were also the language of saying that you weren't real. That really bothers me because Onyx, uh, yeah, I get that he's not real, but it, it, to me, he's very real. Uh, and he's like a treasured part of my creative life. So even saying, oh, I'm so bummed he's not real bothers me in a weird way because he is as much as he needs to be for entertainment and comedy and to connect with the character. I mean, Harry Potter's not real. Nobody's, you know, but everybody loves Harry Potter. We love characters. <laughs> That's the point. Yeah. Um, sorry. I would it, argue that he is real too, and we don't need to go off on like a two-hour philosophy <laughs> right. debate. But I would, I would argue that he is actually real. Right. Yeah. I mean, I would agree. I would completely agree. I've seen this with with Kevin. By the way, I'm going to put you on the spot here, Lieber. Where Hi. at the events, like even like VidCon, <laughs> where like people come up to you and clearly seem to think that you want to talk about math and science every waking minute of your life <laughs> yeah. you know and it, like it's not that you're in character in vsauce 2 that's not it it's a different thing but at the same time like on on sunday you watch the 49ers you don't like read a physics book right yeah yeah and my energy is way different in real life my yeah. energy is like is scraping the bottom of like the energy <laughs> barrel naturally. Slothful. Um, it is slothful. Yeah. I am just like barely awake uh, most of the time um, unless I'm on camera. And that's, yeah. that's the other thing, you know, I was going to say earlier, Matt, when you brought up like the light switch thing is mm, that yeah. actually has been awkward for me. Um, now that you mention it when um, yeah, people are, when I have to do events or something and people think that I am this really high energy, like I want to hang yeah. out and we're going to do, you know, crazy things. I'm going to teach you so much stuff that you didn't know. I'm going to just constantly blow your mind with factoids. Yeah. And instead I'm like very introverted and quiet and shy. And I want to hide in my hotel room mm -hmm. until it's time to be like wheeled out yeah. and they put the quarter in, in my back Totally. And I could do my performance. <laughs> totally. Um, that, it was like that with the, uh, I did a TEDx. Teddy Ruxpin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, they yank the pull string and the yeah. elf doll starts talking about, um, yeah, physics. 
Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> Matt went with me to Austria uh, two years ago uh, for a TEDx thing. And when you do mm. when you do TEDx, you have a liaison like from the organization uh, to help you with the rehearsals and where you're mm-hmm. staying. A handler. And, yes, you, you do. You <laughs> yeah. have a handler. And uh, spoiler alert, the handler like hated me. Because, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, like the handler did not like me because uh, it's weird to say, but just to, like how I am naturally is, is um, just really, again, like quiet, introverted, uh, like very pragmatic and it's like where do I have to be when yeah. yeah and that's how I am and it's and if it's like hey we're gonna go get drinks I'll be like have fun goodbye um, <laughs> totally like have a great time like I'm not that guy so um, so this guy didn't know me uh, or I'm sorry obviously he didn't know me but he didn't know my videos either mm-hmm. he doesn't know, didn't know anything about me I'm just some American that's like in Austria to do so you know one of like 37 people or whatever doing a talk <laughs> over that weekend and long story short um oh i also like avoided a lot of things that were like if something is voluntary i'm not going yeah uh, you know if it's not if it's mandatory i'll be there and i'll be on time if it's optional you're not going to see me right. so and and all of these like convention oh man this is making me like sound like the worst person, but all, <laughs> no, you're never I get it. I get it. No, ever I'm not. Again. I'm not. I'm not. But <laughs> <laughs> I get it. But this is how these things go: is there's like a mandatory thing that you have to do, but then mm-hmm. they build in all of these other like team building events, or you know, yeah. get to know each other like Mixers. social hour. Yeah, yeah the mixer, yeah. and I'm like, eh, 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 like not interested. Totally. So, so I so <laughs> all the entire time I was there. I was skipping out on everything and everything that I had to do. I was just laser focused on getting it done and then leaving. So by the time I, and even like sitting backstage, waiting to go on stage, I'm just sitting alone, not talking to anyone, conserving my energy, running through, you know, my, my um, talk in my head, Mm -hmm. basically like the weird guy in the corner like I was throughout all of school and college. Um, and then I step on stage and it's like kaboom, you know, it's like I just burst onto, onto the, the scene essentially. Um, and afterwards, one of the stagehands, I didn't use a teleprompter because I had the whole thing memorized. He was like, I can't believe, how did you do that? And I was like, I, I don't know what you mean. And he's like, you, you're the only person who didn't use the teleprompter. And I was like, all right, well, whatever. I didn't want to have to use the teleprompter. Rely I on to it, know. Yeah. yeah, I wanted to know the whole thing, and I did. Um, and just to put a button on this story, that handler was like blown away afterwards. He was <laughs> like, remember that. oh my God, Kevin, how did you do that? I can't believe you did that. That was so amazing uh, because it was such a 180 degree flip yeah. from the Kevin that he knew up until the moment I walked on the stage and then walked off again, where yeah. again, I would yeah. leave and I'm like, yeah, I don't know. It's just what I do. And Yeah. You thanks. switch back to yeah. normal, yeah. normal Kevin. Yeah. yeah. And they don't understand that it takes that time and that focus and the kind of calm energy that's sandwiching that moment to make that moment possible yeah they they imagine that you you i guess what you know 
they want you to be at that level the whole time, but that's not sustainable. And the no. only reason why you get that <laughs> performance or that presentation is because you know how to like angle yourself toward that and prep for it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a pressure valve. Yeah. And you have to like, yeah. build up that pressure valve. Then you, you know, you open the spigot and goes totally. And then you close the spigot and you go back to your hotel yeah. room and go to sleep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I have people that want me to do one of the long rants and they want me to do it like uh, just impromptu and they don't understand those things are scripted and memorized. And it's hard. Yeah. It's, I mean, it takes a lot of time and they'll come up to me already filming and just be like, I don't know. Hey, why don't you say something? Say one of your big long rants. And I'm like here in the middle of the <laughs> San Diego convention center. <laughs> like there's no, I don't, I, that takes so much time. They don't understand. So the most yeah. I can do is say like, what's your name? And if they say, well, I'm Adam. And I can say, I don't know, Adam's pretty cool. And that's like the most I can do <laughs> <laughs> off the cuff. Yeah. Give them a snippet. <laughs> yeah. Well, we got a couple quick hits here. We got a couple quick hits and, uh, and then we're good. Um, you mentioned community earlier. James asks, uh, whether you thought Chevy Chase was the best character in community. And he has a hint for you <laughs> yeah. if you're not sure. Uh, he has a hint if I'm not sure whether or not Chevy Chase is, you know, who honestly my favorite yeah. character is from that show. Although I do think it needed the dynamic of, of Pierce and, uh, in the mix, but, um, is uh the dean i mean the dean is my favorite oh, he was great jim rash is just he one of my favorite yeah. performers of all time yeah. <laughs> yeah i a quick uh community story i was watching this show and garrett was uh kind of a minor character but really memorable you know he was super stressed out uh kind of had glasses and uh uh just like kind of <laughs> hyper stressed in that way mm -hmm. watching the show garrett comes on uh Garrett's a very recognizable person. Uh, his name is Eric De uh, Eric Nielsen. Garrett Lambert. That's his, his last name okay. in the show. That's right. Uh, I was on the, the college bowl team at Boston University with Eric. Uh, it's basically like a team Jeopardy competition. And the, the last time I'd seen him was uh, at a competition at Penn. And all of a sudden, I'm watching Community and he pops on the screen. <laughs> yeah, it was the weirdest thing. I hadn't heard from him. You know, we didn't keep in touch or anything like that. Yeah. By the way, Eric was the best. He was the best. Like the person that everybody else, and I'm talking schools like Harvard, MIT, Yale, these people feared Eric Nielsen. He was that good at Jeopardy type stuff. Um, That's great. Yeah, I'm just watching Community. He pops up and I vaguely remember him being like, yeah, like I think I want to get into stand up. I think I want to do like some comedy stuff. It's the last memory I have. And then like eight years later, yeah. he jumps onto Netflix. Cut two. That's so funny. Yeah. Um, so let's see. Uh, quick, uh, did Onyx create Fortnite? <laughs> no, I don't understand that question. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I was hoping you did because I did. I know. I, thought, well, I know. Go find I saw way. that, and I was like, I don't know if that's an inside joke that that I should get, <laughs> but I don't know. I was like, I guess I didn't watch that video. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes people <laughs> will quote something of my videos that I I have no memory of because it might not be something <laughs> that landed for me. Gosh, there was something mm. the other day. Somebody, somebody, oh, somebody asked me about a mongoose. They're like, tell me what happened to the mongoose. I was like, what? <laughs> and I got to the point where I was like, I'm sorry, are you trolling? I, I, it's fine if you are, but why do you keep asking about a mongoose? And they were like, in episode three of the web series, Welcome to the Shadow Zone, Todd says he lost a mongoose fight. And I was like, oh, shoot, I didn't remember that. <laughs> I had no idea. 
So sometimes people pick up on the the details that I glossed over. That's funny. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, it's a, I guess it's a no then. It's a Onyx no. Did not yeah, Onyx did actually not invent Fortnite. Fortnite. Um, this is a really interesting one about whether you've seen other tiktokers who have like similarly cringe characters to onyx and i want to tack something on to this question would you have any advice for somebody who's trying to pull off a cringe persona like uh, how do they make that work because it seems like an incredibly delicate thing to do properly (laughs) yeah well first of all there are a number of people on tiktok and God bless them. I don't have any. I mean, all Onyx is for me is a combination of Jerry Blank from Strangers with Candy and then any Bruce McCullough <laughs> character from Kids of the Hall. So I, you know, everything is kind of made up of parts. But there are a few TikTokers specifically that do fedora wearing, overly verbose, kind of hat tipping, you know, that expression. And ev- I mean, so I see that and I'm like, well, like, I am I a, am I weird? Am I a weird boomer? If I assume that that's partially Onyx's influence, I know that the neck beard archetype as like a joke had existed <laughs> prior to Onyx, but there is something to, when I get messages, like I grew up on your videos and I'm like, uh, well, okay. So the first Onyx video was 2012. I think, I guess, I guess that counts as having grown up on something. Um, then maybe Dude, there if they, are if they were nine years old and now they're 18 totally, they totally. grew up <laughs> it, it's totally it's, it's wild yeah, to rise in the ranks of the nine-year-old right. army yeah so i do think there are some people doing the the shtick but i feel like if they heard me say this they'd be like uh i didn't get it from you boomer f off but i think it's kind of in the i think it's kind of in the i think onyx helped dial in that archetype that then just got kind of taken into the internet's consciousness i don't even know that these kids would be like i based my character on you i think it's like i just grew up knowing that there's like fedora wearing cringe milady types sure onyx is in there (laughs) but so are all these other people and now they've done their own iteration of that there are a few Mm -hmm. that i get tagged in a lot where you know i don't know maybe it rides the line of uh assimilation it does feel like they're kind of just doing onyx but you know, in their voice. Um, But I don't know. It's difficult to say. I don't even know if that was your question. But advice for that. But also, I don't take offense. I'm not the type of person that's like, because again, I know that Onyx is made up of every comedic influence I have. And I met Bruce McCullough once and he told me that people have told him about Onyx and have said, I think this kid's inspired by you. And I was like, yes, without a doubt, they are correct. <laughs> so it's not like it's stealing. I, I, if, if these kids do like Onyx yeah. and are doing their spin on it, I think that's great. I have no fucking problem with it whatsoever. And they're arguably more successful at it because they've got more followers than me. Um, but uh, my thing is not to think of it as cringe because I never thought of it as purposefully inducing a cringe. And I've never... I remember when the British office came out and everybody was like, cringe comedy, mm. cringe comedy. Yeah. And I just don't engage with it on those terms. I don't think of the cringe aspect, I guess, to go back to what I said earlier, even though it makes me sound a little pompous, is that I think about the emotional reality being the priority. And I think that would, for anybody mm. trying to do a comedic character, I think that should be first, is the emotional reality, ground it in something, ground it in something that you know that so that you can spin off you know, if I have to improvise as Onyx, I just pull from my own childhood. So if I say something about like 
That time, Bonnie Love Rodriguez uh, told me she didn't like me back, told me to go suck an egg, and so I just went and listened to the Phantom of the Opera soundtrack for weeks. That's because <laughs> that happened to me, because Bonnie turned me down. I happened to be a theater kid, so I just listened to Phantom of the Opera, and I was like, man, oh, Bonnie's my Christine, and Caleb is my Raul, and I guess that makes me the disfigured phantom in the wings. But so, grounded in something that you have a natural like well for and commit to the emotional reality before you think of cringe. Um, yeah. Well, I, I do hope that the sequel to Talisman, and I'm sure there will be I one, hope so. is uh, a battle royale between <laughs> Onyx and uh, Michael Cusack's Lucas the Magnificent. <laughs> we need this yes. fedora oh and neckbeard battle yes. to the death. That would be hilarious. It'll be set in Australia. That'll be nice. Yeah. It'll give you a good excuse to go there. Totally, totally. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that would be a meeting of the minds. Greenlit. <laughs> Consider it greenlit. <laughs> oh, well, uh, here's the uh, the last one from uh, episode chat. This is from uh, Marco. Uh, what's your favorite Arby's food and how did you get an Arby's uniform? <laughs> well, the funny thing is I don't eat fast food. I know that also makes me sound like a little bit of a oh, no. snob. I don't eat fast food. <laughs> I, I have had Arby's, but. Um, I think I, I used to live across from a, a, a strip mall in Maryland and there was an Arby's and a Chick-fil-A and a Chipotle. So I have had Arby's. I like the... But you don't truly love the meat. Uh, I don't. I guess I don't. <laughs> I mean, my system wouldn't be able to handle it at this age. If I had anything fast food, I would just be like out for the day. I'd be like, good night. And to just lay down. And that's no offense to Arby's, but any any fast food, I don't think I'd have an easy time digesting. Um, but the, there is a funny story to how I got the, the, the uniform. Cause for the first video I had the idea, but I didn't have the time to, cause now I've actually, I've just gotten Arby's uniforms made. It's crazy. Just, you know, send the PNG to customprint.com or whatever. And then you get an Arby's uniform. There's no, I, there's no real <laughs> policing that I've got Arby's name tags that I made and shirts and all sorts of aprons over here. But initially I didn't I didn't have the like runway to order stuff. So I just mm-hmm. went to an Arby's here in LA on Sunset. And I it's so creepy. I kind of just waited until an employee walked out. And I was like, hey man, <laughs> what? I'm gonna shoot a video in a couple days, a sketch. And and I thought, because at that point, Weird Satanist guy had popped off. I thought maybe he would have seen it. I was like, you ever seen that video, Weird Satanist guy? And he was like, No. I'm like, okay, well, it doesn't matter. But <laughs> I'm gonna shoot one at at the Arby's. <laughs> Could I pay you and just rent your hat, apron, and name tag for a night? And he was like, yeah. He said yes right away. I was like, okay. <laughs> oh my God. No um, hesitation. No hesitation. He was like, I don't give a shit. I was like, oh, can I give you 50 bucks? He's like, sure. I was like, okay, cool. So let's just meet back here tomorrow at like 5 p.m. And we'll just trade. And, and then I'll bring it back the next day. He's like, whatever. And then I brought it back the next day gave it to him but i had forgotten his name tag and he was like don't worry about it i can get another one made oh, so man. i still have his name tag um i forget his name but every once in a while i'm digging through a bin and i see this arby's name tag for the guy that i originally asked for that costume or that uniform from that is amazing <laughs> that's yeah. awesome um well if that's it for our patrons questions then there is one outstanding question that i have and i I do want to put you on the spot Yeah. with this. Okay, so one of the questions that we like to ask just for fun to end the podcast is asking our guests what their fursona is. Yeah. Does Onyx <laughs> have a fursona? 
And if so, can you describe it as Onyx? I can try because he does have a fursona. Um, And the best way, well, I may not be able to describe it in full, but I can say there's a quote from, he did a video that was called Weird Furry Guy. And shoot, I don't remember his name, his, his, his fursona's name, but I do know that the quote from that video was, sniff, sniff, my wolf dragon senses were peaked. I just remembered that. <laughs> so he's a wolf dragon and um, he's got kind of like butterfly wings with spots and he's got a long tail with a bunch of little pokies on it. And he's got a big old head with cartoon anime eyes. And um, I love him to death. And uh, I don't, I don't remember his name, but he's here on my rack. And it's funny. I thought everybody kind of knew Onyx was a furry. But when I started doing the fursona on TikTok, people were like, no, I was here for, for everything up until this. I'm out. And I was like, oh, that's now you're out? Line. Yeah. <laughs> he's also... He I think also, that's happened with this podcast quite a bit, too. <laughs> he's also True. really into Rescue Rangers because he has a crush on Gadget Hack Wrench. So he does oh have God. a... He has kind of like a lo-fi Dale cosplay, which is just the Hawaiian shirt <laughs> and um, the ears. Uh, so he, And then he'll like color his nose red. So he also yeah. has that ready to go at any given point. Well, for everybody who's listening, if you're not sold on a, a man who has a lo-fi Dale cosplay <laughs> outfit, yeah. um, at this point, I, I like I don't know what to tell you. Right. Um, I think you and I just aren't on the same page, and you know that's okay. But for those who are on my page, please go to onyxthemovie.com um, or just you know Google um, Onyx the Fortuitous. Um, yeah. Just or or just click the link in the description. We'll have the link. That'll yep. be probably the All easiest thing for you to do is just uh, find the link in this episode's description. And again, uh, any tier helps. At the end of the day, the point of this podcast is to analyze and encourage creativity. And if doing this, uh, you know, doesn't exemplify that, then I don't know what does. So <laughs> yeah. for the love of God. This is exactly <laughs> like, a, like the perfect representation of everything we have talked about <laughs> in like 84 episodes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The guy's taking a risk, you know, and um, yep. if if we don't support him, I don't know why we're interested in talking about this stuff in the first place. Seems weird. <laughs> right. So, you know, um, we're already backing him. Um, some of our patrons already have as of this live recording. Um, if anybody else has the wherewithal to do so, please do. Um, but you know, Andrew, good luck, man. Thank you. We, I really am pulling for you and I think that you'll do it and I can't wait to see the movie. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me. All right, everybody. That's it. That's it for me. Onyxthemovie.com. See you space cowboys. Thanks for listening to the create unknown. We'd like to extend a huge thank you and congratulations to the Tots and Dumpster crew who save tiny little lives every month. A tremendous shout out to our elite baby gang. Trevstad, Boromir, Botdogs, Chinchilla, Isaac, Conrad, James, Jeff Davis, Patrick Pister, Baseweight, and Dojangles. And thank you to our grizzled, battle-hardened child infantry. Jen Mefisanti, Kevin Menard, Mikhail Steinke, Risebread, Sean Malone, Triple Question Mark, Monahan, Ryan Kinder, Sheep, and Maruko. Thank you as well to our producer and editor, Ben Webster, and to our media manager, Dan Yosua. The Create Unknown is an unknown media production. 